Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Tom Everett, actor, presenter and all-round great conversationalist. So if you didn't tune in last week, go back and check out part one where we spoke about acting as well as Norse mythology, deity, religion and all kinds of other cool stuff as well. So make sure you check that out. But for this part, we actually tackle things that are more theoretical and philosophical. Uh, we talk about free will and determinism, political discourse and idealism, tribalism, how this isolation of lockdowns affected our ability to communicate, negativity, the news cycle, being a good person and lots of other stuff like that. So if all of those things pique your interest, make sure you stay tuned because, well, there's not going to be a promo today. So straight after the little jingle, the genuine chit chat theme music, you're going to get the remainder of the conversation between myself and Tom. And then I'll be back right at the very end to give you guys more information on what's to come, future guests, my other shows, guest spots, all those sorts of other things as well. And just for clarity, all supporters on Patreon actually got access to part two of this episode one week early because any supporters on Patreon get access to whenever I split episodes, they get access to the full unsplit episode when part one drops so if you want to check that out i'll give you more information on that right at the very end but without further ado here is tom everett welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton um but a lot of the time the amount of times it would be um you know had a uh, parents in the military and uh, were, you know, you think, oh, maybe we've got quite authoritative parents, let's say, or um, or they moved school a lot because they were moving in different you know, places or whatever, you know, and, and the amount of times it, it comes up and you think, ah, oh, there's something in that that's, um, yeah, it's definitely there. It's, um, it's a very interesting theory. And, I, mm, and, and one yeah. I actually think there is a lot of truth in for actors. <laughs> We're all tortured souls, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. With free will and determinism, it is a very interesting thing because I've heard um, uh, Sam Harris, he's a person who I've listened to quite a lot talk about free will and determinism and that sort of thing. And it's one of those things where, like, we kind of need to think we're in control of everything we're doing because if we, if we don't feel like we're in control, then we kind of lose the will essentially it's one of those things where we have to even if there's something behind the scenes that's you know be it the subconscious be it a deity be it whatever we have to think that we're the ones doing it because otherwise it doesn't work and with determinism it's that idea that like if you had a powerful enough computer and you managed to uh, obtain all data just somehow magically all data you would be able to predict a human by exactly what they're doing if you consumed enough of the data and said okay well you know with this amount of people who have, uh, you know, parents who divorce by this age and then move at this time, it means that they will develop this personality, uh, sort of part of them by this age. And then if they develop that part and then they don't make a friend in the first two weeks of school, that becomes a bad thing rather than mm. a good thing. And there is a way, I think, that from what I've heard, I would imagine that if you got enough data on that and you combined it, you could predict people because yeah. there are so many people where you see them and it's just like, not people necessarily that you look at from a distance, but when you do a true uh, deep dive into serial killers or like I did psychology at college, I'm not a psycho psychology expert by any means, but like I was interested by serial killers and stuff and that sort of the idea of, of the human mind and like to really look inward, you do have to kind of see your own flaws in, in a lot of ways. And to what you were saying with um, 
with determinism i'm now just thinking about it where like i can be a show-offy dick sometimes that's one of my character flaws is being overconfident and being uh, too overly dominant with my voice in the room and uh what happened with that is that when i was younger in primary school and secondary school i was bullied it wasn't like it wasn't like hospitalized or horrendous came home with a bloody and beaten it was just like everyone hated me and apart from like three people and i was a dick to be fair but it was like i was so i was a know-it-all and the thing is is that when i started making self-deprecating jokes about stuff then i people wouldn't be able to make fun of me in an attacking bullying way mm. they would just kind of laugh with me yeah almost you got their first as well, so it's like yeah yeah and it's only funnier as well, because I could think of a, if someone, generally speaking, if someone, I was a very fat kid as well. So a uh, fun nickname that I, that my friends, one of them still has in their phone. This is how long, far back it goes, is Booby Boy Burton, because <laughs> my surname is Burton. So yeah, I'm that's not a fun laughing one. That. That's not funny. You are laughing. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone should know. I've, I literally said that on a podcast once and I can't remember who it was, but someone else listened to the podcast. And now every time they say something to me, there's always like, I don't want to call you Booby Boy Burton, but I just want you to know that I laughed about it the other day because I remembered. <laughs> it's like, that's fine. Um, I wouldn't say it on the podcast if it wasn't fine with people. <laughs> people. Um, it was one of my closest friends. I think it might be my friend Reese, who's the first ever person on this podcast and was the person on like number 100. So he's one of my closest friends in the whole world. And I think he called me it. So it's it's one of those things. But like with, with everyone else there in the school, who didn't who weren't friends with me and stuff it was that sort of yeah i can think of something funnier than the majority of people who are actual bullies someone's like being horrible and harsh and mean most of the time from my experience they're not that intelligent mm. not to be horrible but it's just like so if, you, if you're getting bullied and you already know the insults they're going to throw at you you can normally think of stuff that's probably funnier than what they're going to say quicker than they're going to say it and if you say it it also is funnier than someone kind of being a dick. So I, I became that for a while. And then when I went into college, I still had that. And it worked when I had parties and things in some ways, but I would also be very jarring to people. And I would come across like an egotistical dick because I had that sort of defense mechanism, which was like, I'm going to get there first. I'm going to be the loudest. I'm going to make you laugh. And I'm going to be really self-deprecating and everything's going to be fine. And it's like that one type of personality doesn't work all the time. No. It just doesn't. And when it's not checked and things, it can manifest into slightly more unfavorable traits and things, which what happened to me. It was just like, I was just a dick for a while. I wasn't horrible to be around. I still had friends, but I, everyone has these sort of moments, but just, I was quite egotistical for a while. And so I think that with that aspect, it is probably now thinking about it of like, that came from in part because I had to do that in school. Otherwise I'd have been the butt of the joke and then... You know, me and Reese, my friend Reese, I mentioned, we're very similar in many ways. Our, our minds work very similarly, but he is a complete introvert and I'm a complete extrovert. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I like looking at our, the differences in our lives and the similarities in our lives, try and connect the dots. How it's people very- have moved away from it in different. Yeah, yeah. I think with them. Um, mm. Yeah, what was, what was it? What was I going to say? Um, Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> you've done it. You've done, now you've done, done it. Yeah. Hooray. Um, I've got it. Uh, well, I was about free will and determinism. That was, that, that was the sort of core elements and talking about, you know, human condition and sort of self-evaluating why one does a certain thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess um, to sort of uh, bring it back to a, a kind of a kind of a theatrical idea is that, um, mm. which is, it goes back to Aristotle. Um, so, you know, ancient Greece. And he would say that... Um, Oh, I don't know, I'm not going to remember exactly what it is, but, you know, um, basically um, our character is, is essentially what other people perceive us to be. So when you were, when you were younger, 
uh, and you and you thought you know you were being maybe perhaps very clever uh, by coming in loud, being the loudest in the room, and having the, the first answer. That to you was you know being you know, the most intelligent person in the room, let's say. And then the yeah, other that was the that was the mindset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the other the other uh, twenty nine people in the room might have thought, "What a dick! Uh, we don't like him." And then that that leads them onto their um, that which that perceives them leads to them uh, deciding to, to to bully because we all want to take down someone that's bigger than us, don't we? Um, unfortunately, but that's the way we are. And then, but, you know, that sort of leads to leads to you changing your your character, which then it's not really your character. You're then essentially, you are playing a different part. You're not really being yourself. You're being the uh, a version of yourself that is more appeasing to other people. We, we kind of all do act all the time. You know, we, mm-hmm. the way that you speak to your grandparents or your boss or it, well, actually even that isn't going to be the same thing. The way you speak to your grandparent isn't going to be the same as you speak to your boss. You treat both with, no. respect, with respect, hopefully, um, but you treat both with respect, but you wouldn't necessarily treat them with the same kind of uh, well, kindness or um, even, yeah, there's so many different things, different factors that would come into play. So um, mm. yeah, I guess we, we do act differently all the time and, why we do those things all all do link back to link back to those uh, childhood memories that we can't quite can't quite put our finger on. I think it's a fantastic, a fascinating thing. I only really came about it when I was was at drama school, um, determinism and free will. It was a, a podcast, um, uh, Radio Four, BBC Radio Four, um, in mm. our time, which is a yes. I've listened to a few of them. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, I, I listened to the one about the. Cadian rhythm, I think it was, mm. was the one. Like, I listened to one, I was like, I need to listen to more of that. And then it disappeared into the abyss. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to go back. I used to listen to a lot and now I kind of have stopped for years, but they were always on my on my podcast list. Um, but I don't, I don't tend to listen to podcasts as much as I used to, unfortunately. Um, but I will soon. I will, I'm going to get back into it. I've got a plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's one on, uh, on Free Will, which is quite an old one. I think it's maybe 20... 16 it's back uh, back from it's you know, not that old but you know from when they started doing them there's hundreds on there now um mm. but that was yeah that was uh that was from east 15 and it was uh yeah something a really interestingly new look at life and i think it meant a lot finding that as an actor because it was okay so all the all the characters you're <laughs> very rarely people well, I just, well, no, maybe we do really. Sometimes, it, sometimes people just do things, mm-hmm. but it is really when you break it down, very, very rare. Like you know, it's, you know, it's apart from a knee-jerk reaction, literally, uh, it's very, you know, even if someone just is looking at a cup on a table and just knocks it off, they'll probably laugh to themselves because it made them laugh. It was quite funny. They were trying to be obnoxious or be a dick or or just make <laughs> other people in the room laugh, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, but it comes from somewhere. It must come from somewhere, and finding that out and going down that journey can be, um, it can be a rabbit hole because it's it's well, one of the great things they say on that podcast is that it's it's provably unprovable. You cannot prove mm-hmm. determinism because you, the only way to prove it would essentially be okay. So why, uh, one of their examples was um, having going for going for dinner, and you have uh, three options on the menu: there's chicken, fish, and vegetables, and you pick chicken. Because it was a free choice. That's free will. I just, I just fancy chicken today. I just fancy chicken today. Why did you fancy chicken today? Well, uh, I had uh, actually, I had, um, I've not really eaten much today and I did a workout earlier and I fancy some more protein and, and I had fish last night as well. So uh, I kind of fancied to uh, have uh, chicken. Okay. So uh, 
So it wasn't a free choice, was it? Because of those things that happened before. So then you start going back. So why did you have fish last night? Oh, well, because of this. And then why did you oh, watch the conspiracy? Uh, uh, that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, you start going back. Why did you have this? Or, you know, or I had it also, also, you know, that chicken. My mum used to make that recipe and it was my favourite when I was growing up. Oh, okay, good. Why did she make it? Because of the, And it, you start going back. And the only way to get to the decision you just made is you'd have to go back through every decision that's been ever been made throughout the history of time to, to all the way back to the Big Bang or, you know, um, whenever you believe time began. But, that, you know, the Big Bang, from every single event that's happened throughout the his, history of time has led to this one moment, do you want to pick chicken, vegetables or fish? <laughs> and you pick chicken. And without proving every other decision that was made before you leading to that, you can't prove that that was why you did it, but we know it's there. You can never prove that. Um, you, know, mm. you could try, but you would, you'd die pretty yeah. soon before you got halfway. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things. There's a lot of sort of intriguing thought experiments because the, the free will determinism is one of those things where it's like, you can use it as a tool to assist in, uh, introspection and you know self uh, looking at yourself and trying to improve yourself that's not the only way but that is one of the many ways one could but it's also like one example i like to throw around is um it's a slight slightly different but it's it's the biggest theory that it, it doesn't matter if it's true or not it makes a difference which is simulation theory mm. it's the you know the idea that we're all in a simulation because in brief the idea is that it, at some point in the future we're going to have the technology to be able to create a virtual reality that is indistinguishable from real life now when that happens there are going to be millions if not billions of computers running simulations up to the point sort of when we get the perfect simulation there's not going to be oh turn over the next day we'll try for simulations we'll make one it's perfect we're done that, that won't happen there'll be millions upon billions of variations and things and then once a perfect simulation can be created then billions can be created mm. and then the idea is that what are the statistical chances that your reality is the only reality that is the real one and not the one of the however many trillion that are simulations? So by that logic, statistically speaking, we're probably in a simulation. But whether or not we are doesn't make any difference to any aspect no. of our <laughs> life. Yeah. I don't I I'm on a, I'm like I'm an agnostic believer in simulation theory. I don't actually necessarily in my heart of hearts believe we are. But if we were, and I found out with explicit evidence, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's, it, either or doesn't make a difference to me. And I think free will determinism in some aspects with uh, psychology and things, it's such an interesting experiment. And you could do a deep dive on it. But also for some people, they'll just go, yeah, well, well either I can make my decisions mm. or I can't. But even if I can't, but I think I can, is that not the same? It's like, well, no, but yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is there is such a simplicity to, to, to things sometimes. And, uh, sometimes we, uh, you know, certain people probably potentially like, uh, you know, I mean, you and I over overthink things or start looking into these things. And actually, um, you know, it's like in the Matrix, uh, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, sometimes mm. it really is. It really is so much simpler <laughs> yeah. just to go, okay, whatever. Um, I remember, I remember doing a, a show. We were um, creating a show. I think just after or, or, or during drama school, I can't remember. Um, but it was, you know, it was a big argument about, um, you know, how people are going through their lives. A bit of, oh, God, it's so wanky. Uh, but it was a bit of like a thing of, you know, uh, very probably even GCSE drama. But, you know, like, oh, people are like going through lives, just 
um, you know, enjoying material things, putting on their makeup and, and looking at the phone and not experiencing life. You know, we'd had this kind of transformative year and we kind of wanted to show that. There's no real way of showing it without being arrogant. Um, but we tried. Um, <laughs> but then I, I, you know, did have the, the point that, and I'm, I'm glad to say I wasn't the arrogant one. <laughs> um, but the, for some people, they're, ha- they're really happy. <laughs> and, you know, okay, you know, there are there's so many issues with in terms of, you know, social media, phones, um, even, you know, capitalism, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things that aren't right and perfect, but, you know, we're not in any position to be a, a you know, I don't even know what the word is, uh, to be the person to, you know, dictate on, on how it should be. Um, I don't know, just as much as anybody else does, really. Um, no one knows, really, do they? Even the experts don't really know. Um, or they know, like, one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Of the thousand-piece puzzle. It's like, I, I know how to get this puzzle solved. How? Well, I know what that piece means. It's like, well, there's there's another 997 yeah, pieces. Exactly, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we had this, uh, you know, transformative year. We wanted to show it and say, like, you know, get outside, get in touch with nature, get, you know, because, you know, we're all connected and this kind of almost like spiritual thing and, and how, but then it was like, well, yeah, but hold on, we need to be careful because we can't start telling people what to do because we've had this great year that we know better. Then we, it just is this exactly the same as everybody else. I think uh, Alan Watts, I think, but it's not his saying, I think it might even be a, might even be from, I don't know who said it, um, but, you know, the, the route to hell is paved with good intentions. The, mm. the, it's quite strange. Over the last uh, few months, I've sort of, uh, I've not changed my my politics. Uh, I am liberal, um, but I've been having lots of very long, uh, deep conversations with people that are, some that are right wing, which I don't agree with, but, you know, I have, have been, uh, I basically, uh, my actor side job, has been uh, being in construction and being a labourer for the last, since well, since September, so for seven, eight, nine months. And honestly, it's been fascinating. And some of the people I've met are so, so interesting, so intelligent um, and so varied to, you know, you grow up in a world of, grow up, but you spend all your time being in a in the liberal arts and then you spend your the next nine months in quite often a more right-wing or right-sided uh, dominantly sided environment you learn a lot and there's you learn a lot from the people who aren't all monsters they're not all horrible nasty people they just but have a different politics to yourself a few of them being uh, sort of libertarians and um being being quite fascinating people um <laughs> i can't remember what the point was um what was i going to say um this sort of uh, thought and theory from speaking to so many people from different uh walks of life and 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 sometimes there is a i'm sort of you know looking at you know maybe a few years ago i would have even said i was a bit of a socialist and and then you know okay but i was a bit of a corbynite and and uh and that sort of i just i still like a lot of those things in theory but sometimes there oh, i do get i'm starting to see the uh the reason why sometimes almost the feeling with some of the the left is that if you're not doing everything perfectly, then then you are wrong. You, there is a certain um, idealism. Yeah, idealism, and and until everybody's perfect, everybody's in the wrong. And even if you've not done anything wrong, you're still in the wrong because you know mm-hmm. um, you are this, you're that. You, you know, almost, almost sometimes the, so quick to label people 
and yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a very interesting change in the last uh, few months. Not because I've I still I would still count myself as a liberal. I do like the idea of libertarianism and believing for people's liberties and, and for like rights and that above anything else. That above any politics is really just about people's rights. Um, but I still think I'm more liberal than uh, libertarian. But that does actually sound. Uh, sound very uh, very nice and appealing but there's there is a bit of a worry that sometimes we're getting a worryingly far i don't know in terms of oh, i don't really know what this tangent is that i'm going down but it's i thought it was, i think on the spot here a little bit when i'm talking to you mike you got me going whilst you're on the podcast <laughs> it's i i totally get what you're saying because i've i've been finding that myself as well i'm i'm very much like politically speaking i am on the left for the majority of issues mm. there's a few not so much but it is like you say with the attitudes of the left now primarily are all or nothing. And although I agree with the policies of the left, I don't agree with a lot of the attitudes of the left. Whereas with the right, they generally have a more accepting attitude in certain respects, mm. but not in others. And it's, re it's really jarring because when you're... The majority of people, I think, are generally in the middle. Because I think what you were saying with, like, you know, um, the road to evil is laid with good intentions. It's like generally speaking apart from absolute complete psychopaths most people who do bad things are doing it because they believe what they're doing is correct like i'm not a hitler apologist yeah. in any way shape or form but he was he committed mass genocide which is the most horrible atrocities of the planet have happened of one of the most horrendous atrocities of the planet is committing mass genocide you know the holocaust but he was doing that thinking it was a good thing now obviously it was the most horrible things ever but he didn't view it that way mm. and it's the, it's similar in certain other aspects that's, a, that's an extreme example ex extreme example I like to give to people because it's, it's quite clear and under, easy to, to yeah. sort of see but when you get it in the backseat of politics like I was like you I, I was very much on the left and I was a Corbynite and really into that and then yeah the last few years I'm just like there's like maybe five or maybe even ten percent of politics that are more on the right than on the left that I agree with mm. about small things. It's not like, you know, gay marriage or anything like that. That obviously left issue for that. And I'm very left with some other yeah. idea <clears throat> ideas. But it is just certain the extremes. It's almost like the goalposts keep getting moved. Yeah. And if you don't move with the goalpost, then you're no longer part of that team. And it's like I don't I'm not part of any team when it comes to politics. I just generally believe more on the left than the right. But people are so tribal about this, it. It's becoming, it, yeah, it's becoming. It's like, um, yeah, like actually, tribal. It's like it's like people are, are football fans now, or like. Mm. But in terms of politics, you know, probably most people, most of them hate football. But it's becoming. It's so so blind, almost. It's like blind faith. Sometimes it's becoming like blind faith, which is, you know, link back to earlier, but. Um, it, where people are so becoming so like you know could be left or right that they don't they don't they can't see can't see the wood for the trees sometimes they can't see if their if their side is you know in a football match uh let's say man united and chelsea and man united give away a penalty and the man united fans cannot see for the life of them that he was in the wrong the Man United player was in the wrong. No, 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 it's because... <laughs> blue and red, I didn't mean that. But yeah, it was the guy in the blue. <laughs> the guy in the blue did this. The guy in the blue did that. How dare the guy in the blue did that. The guy... It's, they, they, at no point actually look to themselves and go, yeah, okay, our guy fucked up. And it's, <laughs> someone someone put it to me like, it's almost a bit like things in England are becoming a bit like American politics where it's, this is my way. I don't care what my way is, but this is my way. If you don't like my way, I hate you. Mm. And it's, it all, it's becoming so simple, but it's becoming so opposite so so polarized 
so quickly mm. as well in the last few years. And I, I almost feel a bit hypocritical because I, I thought, you know, back in 2016, um, post-Brexit, um, thinking, do you know what, you know, maybe we've, we've fucked up here, you know, being a Remainer, um, mm-hmm. that, that we, people have been so soft and liberal for so long, we need to get more aggressive. We need to actually stand up for this more because it's sort of like, you know, pre-2016, it felt like if you were liberal, it was like, oh, it's okay, you can do what you want, don't worry, it's fine. And actually we need to, no, hold on, we need to stand up for ourselves. We need to, you know, shout for what we want. And now it's it's it, it's it's worryingly could get out of hand, and I think one of the things, sort of thinking back to the uh, you know this road to hell paved with good intentions is the road to hell is paved with good intentions is is sometimes those people who mean well, you know the the people are after I'm not saying any of these things are bad things obviously, but you know people that are very um, aggressive in terms of um, equal rights, equal pay, um, veganism or, or whatever it may be, can sometimes, they mean well, but of course they mean well, and they are doing, well, I still, well, I believe, are to be the right things, but can do it in a way that are going to, isn't going to necessarily work. And it could then dictate or, or, or you know, put down and shout down other people. They're then going to, you know, ruin things for them, which again is it's hard because it's such a such a juxtaposition or like a contradiction, maybe that that I'm saying these, even saying it because I believe in these values. Um, I'm not a vegan. I'm not a vegan. I eat meat, but I, you know, I believe in these values. But we, I don't know. I don't even know because I think that's also something that's very unfairly shouted at the left, normally by a, a more sort of uh, right leaning. Um, press is that oh yeah well oh yeah well I agree in principle that they took the statue down oh I agree I agree with their right to protest but oh I don't agree that they took the statue down because that is history and all this sort of oh, wow you know what? actually no fuck him actually fuck him you know what the guy was a slaver <laughs> fuck the guy he should have had his statue down how how the hell it was still up I don't know why things are named fair fucking play fair play they took the statue down is my opinion um, <laughs> so they should have um, but you know, but then it's then it's you know it comes to protests in in London, wherever else, or, or you know the um, uh, the environmental group. There's mostly younger people. I can't remember the name. Extinction Rebellion. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Well, you know, I oh, yeah. Well, I absolutely. I, I I agree with climate change. I I'm not for it. I agree with climate change. I agree it's a thing, and we need to stop it. But but oh, one of them one of them was on top of my tube the other day on sat on top of the DLR and it wouldn't leave and I was late for work and I don't agree with that so I don't agree with but now all of a sudden they don't agree with, you think oh god this is it's almost like there's no winning um no, and it's and it's, totally it's, it's such a such a sham really because uh it's it's such an easy way for I think uh right <laughs> I always feel like I'm doing it but it's not half this conversation but such an easy way for um right-leaning or right-leaning uh, tabloids and press to to get away with doing doing nothing really is by mm. saying, oh, well, we were going to do something until he sat on top of that tube, and now we're not going to do anything because he's ruined it for everyone. And he's think, oh God, you're so, oh, this is this is insane because <laughs> we're not going to get anywhere. Um, but hey, divide right. and conquer um, is I really think is the uh, the order of our time a little bit. Sadly, um, I think we 
we're, we're so easy to divide now. And maybe part of that comes down to comes down to the left because there is a label for everything now. Um, you're not just, you know, obviously a big one would be male or female. But of course, now you could be hermaphrodite, um, transgender, gender fluid, gender queer, um, which actually is a line from a, a, a monologue, one man show essentially that I did recently about a man who falls in love with someone who's, um, whose gender isn't clear. Um, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. And I am that guy who falls in love with someone. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against these things. Um, that is a line from it. It's very good. Very good. Got five stars. Just saying. Um, <laughs> I'll make sure I include a link. To yeah. That. Yeah. But we'll put a link on. Um, but, um, oh, I got distracted with my own success there. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> um, Classic actor. <laughs> you, you talk about the sort of the left and the right. And you yeah, there's, of things there's that so make, many, make so many labels that almost it was good for a time to have all these different labels because it, it gave people identity. But now that there are so many different labels that if you're not specifically the labels that I am, then we won't get on. Then even like mm-hmm. you and I, Mike, we're from the same same part. We're the same part of Hampshire, pretty much. We're from, you know, in terms of the whole world, that's a pretty close place to be from a few yeah. miles away. <laughs> uh, we're the same, pretty much from the sounds of it, same political um, sort of ideas. And it might be one little thing that we disagree on, but if that's a different label, that's it now. We can't we can't be friends. And that almost feels like this is where so many labels are coming into everything. You know, I don't even know how many labels, you know, there are in politics now. It's it seems to be so many. And 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 perhaps this all caused I think a few years ago it kind of caused a, a great um they called it a youth quake with this great sort of explosion mm. of um, the youth being involved in politics. Because I remember growing up, I didn't care. It was all the same. No, I didn't care at all. It was all the no, same. even yeah. college. For, for context, I'm Another. 31. Um, so mm. it, I'm 27, so we're very close age as well. Yeah, and I, I didn't care. It, it was always the same. Same thing happened. No one was ever going to influence it. It's always the same thing. Whereas now there is a chance to do that. But again, maybe we're going potentially going to go so far that we are just going to breed a bunch of nihilists and <laughs> don't believe anything because it's so hard to believe in something because unless you believe in specifically the right things as somebody else, and there's a Facebook page for that, not that any young person uses Facebook, but if you, <laughs> it's just for us old people, um, <laughs> then, then, then there's no point believing in anything. I don't know. That was I a know. rant. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's, I, I've got myself into many sort of mind loops of politics because it, it's one of those things where there's no there's no clear solution because it just seems what's almost happened is you've got these two plants that get have almost like wavy branches and they were next to each other for a while and they were just slowly growing together yeah. and then they got to a certain point and they've entangled to such a degree it, you can't untangle the plants anymore yeah. without killing one of them and the problem <laughs> is is that both plants need to be sustained to protect say the gro- the ground beneath it so if you destroy one everything goes but if you keep leaving it it's just going to get worse and tighter and tighter until it like destroys itself and it's just the thing where it's almost like watching a car crash in slow motion and you're so you're at the distance away of it that you even if you sprinted full speed there's nothing you could to save it and we're kind of i think our generation is the kind of generation where obviously we we had lives before the internet but then the internet was a big thing in our sort of teen years and mm. our sort of coming of age years and then we've also got you know we've got brexit and we lived through you know over the year 2000 and we've got all these new bits of information all coming in from every angle all at once and things and we're trying to process it all and 
it, it's just seemingly an impossible task because you, you're watching like these politi- political things and you think, well, okay, so this person on the right thinks all these things and this person on the left thinks all these things, but they agree on these three points, but neither of them will, will budge an inch yeah. to agree on that thing to help anyone else. It is that sort of all or nothing mentality. Mm. And I think what's happening is as... I think social media probably doesn't help these matters. I don't think social media is a net good or net bad thing. It's, it can be good or bad. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it amplifies everything and it amplifies the good and the bad. And I think what's happened is more and more people who are generally in the centre of politics who don't really care are kind of being forced to, in some way, align themselves. Choose, yeah. Like, yeah, because it is that sort of thing where, like, I always have to preface, I'm generally left-leaning. But I feel like I kind of have to do that because if people think I'm right-leaning then that will be problematic. Mm. Even though I don't find people on the right problematic to some degree. I know there's plenty of people like you were saying you spoke with at the construction side of things. Some of the most uh, politically intelligent people that I've ever met were right-leaning. Yeah. Not like they weren't, not the sort of, you know, uh, not anti-gay marriage or anything like that, but more so sort of, it's the perception of how to take care of people. Mm. That's the general idea. The left is like, yeah, yeah. you know, be- more benefits and welfare in ge- like this is really broad strokes here but left is generally more benefits help people when they haven't had a good start in life try and give everyone an even playing field and then they'll flourish from there but it's a long-term thing you need to invest a lot now pay off in the future whereas generally the right is more so no people need to if you give them too much they'll become marshmallows you need to make them work yeah. and then they'll have the sort of bootstrap mentality and pull themselves up but the problem is is that both of them have anecdotes which are correct. You have like a single mum who's got loads of immune disorders and diseases who without the NHS couldn't afford to live and would be homeless. But you also do have people taking advantage of the welfare system. But then you also have yeah. got like people who grew up with nothing and were self-made people and made themselves millionaires or whatever. But you've also got trust fund people who waste everyone's time, have car crashes and do all kinds of horrible things and get away with it mm. because they have no idea of consequence. And the problem is neither side is willing to look at the other one and go, I get where you're coming from on that part, and I get where you're coming from on that part. Let's try and come together and compromise. They're both like, as you say, there's one slither of disagreement, and the 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 whole house of cards is off the table. And maybe do you reckon as well that's that's probably getting worse over the last yes. year because we've spent time without people, or, you know, not being with people, um, and only on interacting through essentially. Um, through social media again like yeah i agree with you it's not necessarily net good net bad but we only contact so when it's in writing it's like you know you kind of grew up thinking well if it's in writing it's it's definite and sometimes you might write something and it's it's not quite also the problem with writing something and uh you know this is one of the great things about acting but it's also one of the terrible things about normal life is that when something's written down a text a great as an actor you can interpret in a hundred different ways same thing happens as a real person. You can interpret in a hundred different ways. And that could be, uh, you know, the most argumentative text in the world. It could be some, some, something said with sincerity or, you know, something quite earnest and or, or whatever, you know, whatever the message might be. I think, yeah, maybe it's, it has just got so much worse over the last year because it's so easy to find faults because people are just connecting sporadically. I think also... <laughs> do, do you find I always find that there's at the moment there's a, it's so easy to argue with people because let's let's say um I'm trying to think of a good example but there would be um I'm going to think of a football analogy because it's just going to be Go ahead, yeah. easier but let's say um 
uh, Tottenham aren't very happy with their manager, Jose Mourinho, at the moment. Um, and it would be like, you know, say he does something good and there'll be all his fans coming up for him saying, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. And then as an outsider, you look at them, you know, this is exactly the same. I don't know why I could have just said this in terms of like, oh, the Conservative Party and Boris. Um, he does something, <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't have done that. Uh, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Conservative Party and Boris, and Boris does something good. Lots of people come out and say, oh, he's brilliant, he's brilliant, he's done this, he's done that, he's done this, he's brilliant, what a great guy. And then six weeks later, does a U-turn, and it's, oh, he's awful, he's awful, he's awful, he's awful. Always said he's awful, he's awful, he's awful. And then the people that are on the outside looking in go, oh, yeah, but you all loved him a minute ago. You All, all of you lot saying that you hate him, you actually loved him six weeks ago. They didn't. It was just his other fans. It was his fans. And now the ones that didn't like him. But then we kind of assume that because we've seen it on social media, someone said he's great. That's everyone from the Conservative Party said he's great. And then someone said, I always fucking said he was shit. Everyone from the Conservative Party now hates it. And you say, like, well, everyone again is getting labelled because one person has said something. So the entire Conservative, you know, supporters are being labelled as Boris haters or Boris lovers. And it's all up and down and up and down. It's just so, so quick and easy to split people up. And even people within the, the you know, that party that support him are thinking, oh, I don't know, what, did we like him? I, I always did like him. I, I don't know. Question yourselves. I think there's, I don't know, I, I just, I've got friends who do have this idea of like a sort of media propaganda of, of split and divide and I get it. I do really get it that there, there is potentially this, um, I would argue that there's there's not very many things that as human beings we want in life. We want a few things, um, you know, we want happiness, we want to, you know, essentially we want to be safe, warm content happy we want peace there's not really even you know the top generals in the you know armies around the world don't want war they want peace they probably want to be in power maybe after the p after the war but you know essentially they want peace after the war you know people want peace they don't want to fight they don't they want to get on they want to you know have a good life and be happy we are that's all we all want really but yet it's you know it's very hard to control a population of seven billion people that all want the same thing and it feels like sometimes over this pandemic we all started to realize that actually we're all not that different and we are all kind of we are the same and actually there is a community here and I do have neighbours and we're all getting along and we all do get along and we are all human beings at the end of the day and we are this is that simple um, you know, it's not he, she, hermaphrodite, gender fluid. You know, we are human beings. We're not necessarily, we don't have to be straight, gay, um, bisexual. We don't have to be um, black, white, mixed ethnicity or, or, or whatever it's going to be. We are just human beings all pushing together to get through this thing. And that almost felt like how it was about a year ago. At the start. At the start, didn't it? As, at the start, it felt like, Oh, we get this now. We all, and then a year later, any chance there is to try and split people up, and I might get people arguing again, and we're here, and we're fighting again about about the most <laughs> mundane, non, non, unconsequential, non-consequential, inconsequential things. Cons- consequences don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it is it is bizarre. I noticed that thing as well. Like a year ago, I was like, oh, cool. You know, you always hear those things. There's there's films that talk about it, Independence Day, uh, Watchmen, all kinds of things where they go, you know, you need one world ending event to bring people together. Mm. And that's cool. When you had like, you know, 9-11 that was horrendous, everyone who lived um, in... It was New York, 9-11, just to... Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to clarify before I offend loads of people and choose the wrong uh, uh, city. But yeah, in New York, a lot of people I know who said basically for several years, everyone in New York was so nice to each other. And there was just less aggression, less road rage, mm. less because they all felt like they were together against, you know, the terrorists, essentially. And then obviously slowly that fizzles away and then everyone's generally a dick again. And I found with COVID, at the start, I was saying like, oh, this does suck and obviously loads of people are dying and that's horrendous. But silver lining, people are seemingly getting better. Yeah. And that was, actually the first three months maybe. But at the year mark now, people are now just irritable beyond belief and they seem to want to almost... It's almost like an animal that's really hungry. And so you put your hand in the cage with a treat to try and give it food and it bites you on the wrist and then yeah. you're like, okay, and then you just move away and it gets worse as you're looking at it. You're like, I, I want to help, but you are the thing that's stopping you from actually getting better yeah yeah and i think with a lot of the time it's some people some people will go out on social media or in life and they will focus on all the negative and i find that i am a realist i i called this is how i got my girlfriend funnily enough it was on my tinder profile which is um <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a she always brings it up so i'm a pessimistic optimist therefore i'm a realist so it's always I, I I expect I hope for the best in people, but I always expect the worst because it's just one of those things where I'm like I really hope you don't act like a dick, but you probably will. <laughs> um, so I have this weird thing with people where it's like there is always good, it's always good to have an air of you know pessimism as well mm. as an air of optimism. I'm I'm generally more of an optimistic person now, but it's like if you are down all the time, uh, not talking about mental illness. I'm just saying if you are an individual who focuses purely on the negative all the time you start to almost infect others yeah. with the negativity. And it Misery starts to be a company. drain on people. Yeah, exactly. And it becomes a drain. And eventually, the way I'm kind of visualizing it in my mind is if you think about like, um, if you put a pinprick somewhere and you know you get a pin in like water, you yeah. get the ripples that come out in a perfect circle. So all of England, I imagine being, say the color brown, and you put a little pinprick down and it makes a red dot and then a ripple. And basically the brown is sort of everyone's neutral state you put these dots in of red and it comes out and that's negativity and slowly it will spread all over yeah. and everything will be negative but then when everything is negative you then get much more positive so you get the little droplets and then the blue droplets and then there's you know positivity comes out mm. and things and i feel like it's just this weird cycle and it seems to be sped up i think over the last probably 10 years or so it seems where things just get worse and worse and worse and worse and then you get these sort of beacons of light and hope and these amazing moments that happen where you go, maybe life isn't that bad, you know? And all these things, and things start to look up and then one really shit thing happens and then it kind of resets it. And yeah. I find that with people, like even when me as an individual, I try and be optimistic, but generally I hate people. I love persons, <laughs> I hate people. Yeah, you meet yeah. someone as an individual, one-on-one, -on -one, never have a problem with them. You meet people in groups and they act like dicks, including myself, unfortunately. But it's like, when I go outside and meet people, I normally, you know, I walk around Tesco or whatever. Obviously, recently, not not as much. But, like, generally, you go out and you go, oh, I haven't interacted with people in ages. And you go, maybe they're not that bad. I remember being quite pessimistic. Maybe everyone isn't really a dick. And you have a few interactions. Everything's normal. And then one person just does something 
unfathomably dicky for no reason. Yeah. Like, one thing that gets me and Megan is if someone doesn't hold the door, like, yeah. if you have ages yeah. or whatever. But when you're so close, it's no effort to hold the door. Or if you hold the door for someone else and they don't thank you, I don't need a parade. But literally going, uh, that is an acknowledgement yeah. that I've held the door. All I want is you to acknowledge the fact that I've done something I didn't have to yeah. do. <laughs> and that's it. And you go into the world in this sort of, no, everyone's a dick. And then someone is. And then you've got that bad taste in your mouth. And you just almost can't shake it for a long time. Yeah, annoyingly so. You really wish you could, but you think, oh, just, yeah. So why can't people just not be dicks all the time? Yeah. And, and then I, I feel like that with, with all aspects where I just kind of think with, with politics in a lot of sense, it seems like it's in this... I feel like we almost are consistently feeling like we're on a boat about to drop down a waterfall. But as we are turning on the boat, the earth is turning almost at the same time. So we're in this perpetual motion of looking <laughs> yeah. over the edge, thinking, oh God, we're fucked now. You know, this is going to end the world. When really we're just on this weird little loop. <laughs> I think yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. Or I hope. I hope things are going to get better all the time. I've been saying this for probably the last 10 years of my life. Things will start getting better. And then... One aspect does, and then another three aspects get yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, and and, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we always focus on the bad, isn't it? You just turn on the news at any point in the last Ooh. fifty to sixty to seventy years, and it is rough. Uh, it's just bad news, bad news. We're only telling you about the bad stuff. Um, remember, someone once having an idea, uh, someone, yeah, a friend having an idea of like, why, why don't we just make the good news channel? I think Russell Howard did it, and he used to do it mm. on his. Um, you know, he did that hour of like satirizing the news and then he'd have 10 minutes at the end of what, a five minute segment of something good that someone's done. You know, it's a bit of charity, yeah. or a bit of this, or, you know, a sport, a fun run or whatever, whatever it was. And you think, well, would it, would it be that bad for the news to do that? Because mm. if you'd watch that on his show for like five minutes at the end of this section, which is only on for like, I don't know, how many weeks of the year. And you think, ah, oh, that's kind of filled me with hope and happiness and, and joy. And it doesn't take a lot. It's just you know, something doing something nice, someone doing something nice for somebody else. That's a mm. good thing. And it's made me feel better and feel like I could do something, you know, myself. But, it, but, but we don't. We don't. We'd rather not, you know, it's, or it's maybe it's easier for somebody else to focus on the bad things because that's going to get us all watching. But wouldn't it be nice if we just had a, a good news channel? The good news channel. That's what you had to call it. Good news. I mean, I, I would love that. I, I do find it is... <sighs> Yeah, it is. I find with positivity and things as well, with trusting people, the kind of, I generally do trust people to do the right thing, but I think I only trust them to, for everyone to do the right thing in extreme circumstances. Mm. I was having this thought the other day and I was talking to Megan about it and I was thinking like, I was just trying to comprehend my own thought. You know, sometimes my thought comes in your head yeah. and you're just like, I, I vaguely know how I feel about this, but I kind of need to deconstruct it in my own brain and just kind of say it to translate it into real words so I even know what I actually think about my own thought. <laughs> I, was, I was having one of those and I was saying like, if, if an old woman fell over in the street and she was hurt, I would trust the general public to make sure she's okay. Mm. But if I drop a pound coin while walking somewhere... I do not trust that someone is going to pick that up and give it back to me. Now, obviously, a pound coin is relatively nothing yeah. in small doses. But it's kind of, it's almost edging from the top down and trying to work out where you're, you lose trust in people. Because I just find when it's, when life or death, or when life or death is in, uh, in play, children or old people, generally most people will help. Yeah. You know, people, I've seen multiple occasions, you see an old person fall over and you get a crowd of people swarming them, make sure they're okay. That's fine. But then you also get like, 
times where you just walk down the street and someone doesn't look where they're going, they walk straight into you and then call you a dick. And you're just like, did you have to do that? Yeah. Like, could you? And, and it's these weird little things where it seems like in the micro doses, humans are complete assholes. But it, when in the big life changing things, they're nice. And you just think, do we really have to have like life or death circumstances to people <laughs> to be polite to each other yeah is that really because that's the kind of that's the cynicism i see myself becoming when i become an old man it's just that whole no one's polite man has cost nothing and everyone's a dick but everyone is a good person that's kind not everyone yeah. but you know what i mean most people that's, i think that's kind of the conclusion i'm, <laughs> I'm coming to really <laughs> we're getting there eventually kind of in a roundabout way hold on i realize somehow during this whole thing we've sort of talked about politics and our views on the world never really about the stage so <laughs> i mean that's fine but it, i've enjoyed it, just, it it's more of an excuse it's more of an excuse for you to come back and then no, I, have I, another yeah. one i've got a, a good segue back into what we were saying before yeah please go ahead i'd say we're starting to get towards the end so maybe another 10 minutes or so yeah, and yeah. Then we can wrap up but no rush at all. Okay, go ahead yeah no yeah so all, all i was, was going to say is uh like uh, you're sort of talking about how the the, the levels in between um people you know, being nice and, and or just you know essentially just not caring um, is uh, it's almost so it reminded me of this. Uh, I think there's an ancient Greek philosopher had this sort of paradox of um, of uh, say you see a man and he has no hair on his head, he's bald, right? You, you call him bald. Um, mm-hmm. Say you see the same man and he all of a sudden he has one hair on his head, just one hair on his head it could be anywhere. It might be right on the top. It might be you know down the back. You look, you think. Yeah, you'd still call him bald. It's only one hair. Can't really, you can't even see it. Two hairs. Yeah, okay. He's, he's still bald, isn't he? He's only got two hairs on his head. 20 hairs on his head. Well, they're all kind of dotted around the place. And yeah, he's still, still, he's, yeah, he's a bald man. 50 hairs on his head. Uh, well, we're starting to, <laughs> starting to get to the point. Oh, I'd still probably call him bald because he's not really, they're not really in a, you know, okay. Okay, 100 hairs on his head. Mm, no, he's got, no, he's not a bald man anymore. Okay, well, when did he stop being bald? Was it 99 hairs? Uh, no, he's st- he still got hair on his head if it was 99 hairs. 98 <laughs> hairs. Okay, what was the exact hair where you stopped being a bald man and where you became a, where you became a man with hair? Um, well, you, you and it's like kind of like, there's no way of telling really with, you know, when, when that human kindness is going to come into play or not come into play. And you, you think... Oh, well, that's generally all kind people will help the old lady who falls down. Some won't. <laughs> and, you know, mm. or, or you know, some will film it. I think one thing that really is uh, slightly irritating me at the moment, uh, Mike, I think with is, now I'm not on TikTok, but I, I am on Instagram. And I think a lot of the stuff on TikTok kind of comes through. A lot of the popular stuff, at least, seems to filter through. And there's always these just wonderful, wonderful, fantastic people who have gone out of their way to find a homeless person, let's say, or someone very underprivileged. And they've gone out of their way to, to take them to get their hair cut and to get their, uh, to, you know, buy them lots of clothes. And then they've given them a big, big wadge of cash. And they've all just done it out of the goodness of their heart for their fans. And you think, you're the dick in this situation. Surely, like, I, I don't see that. I mean, yes, okay, they've done something nice for someone, but they're not doing it because they're trying to be nice, in my opinion. And I really think 
that is a problem because there's mm. there's not I don't think there's any sort of sincere part of that person's actions because they're not trying to make that person's day better. They're trying to get a few more followers on TikTok for being a good person. And I, I, f- I think it's a, a real strange issue that I don't really, I remember, I remember um, an assembly we had at school. And uh, so I, I went to, a, you know, I was talking about like infant school or, you know, the age of like, well, under 11 for sure. And, uh, and um it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, Church of England or a Catholic school or anything, but they, the the teacher did talk about um, uh, like uh, focused on God a lot. It was always like an assembly with a prayer and a song. Our uh, head uh, head teacher was called Mister Lassen. Uh, his his first name was Cliff, and it was always Cliff R Lassen. And then we found out his middle name was Richard, so he was Cliff Richard Lassen. Uh, and it was always very entertaining. He was his real name was like Cliff Richard, basically um, <laughs> Cliff Cliff Richard Lassen. Um, and who also loved God. Um, anyway, he told us this, did this assembly. I'm sure it is a story from the Bible of, you know, who's the person who's essentially given more. And it's like, if you had a, a tip, uh, tip jar or, um, uh, you know, a donations jar for charity. And is it kind of like, you know, there's he sort of, he, he played the parts, fantastic acting. I must say he, uh, you know, the guy walks Inspired along. You. Yeah, it was. I still remember it though. It must have been about like seven or eight, you know, not long after the Bill Sykes incident. I must have uh, must have got over it. Um, but he came along, you know, who's the person who's given more? The man who walks across, big chest bravado, and he puts down a £50 note and look at me, everyone. There you go. That's £50 for charity from me. Or, you know, this, you know, elderly lady that comes past and kind of takes her last coin out of her purse because it's all she has, but she wants to give something to you know the children or whatever the charity is for and you know the person you know we all know you know that she's the person who's who's actually given more it's actually meant more and it's you know and it's that sort of this act of charity somehow charity through these tiktok stars and influencers isn't charity anymore it's becoming it's like becoming performance yeah performance self-worth and it's about that. It's, it's not about the charity in the slightest, and I think it's a really, a really dangerous tool that's being used quite, quite worryingly. Because I don't know if it's necessarily going to inspire people or just make people want. But maybe it maybe it might work in, for the good in the end. Who knows? It's one of those things. It's like it's like a almost faux positive karma. It's it's like mm. almost. It's kind of like. Because I've I've struggled with this before. Because I've had debates with friends of mine when you hear you know you hear about certain celebrities who've donated you know when chari- when you have charity drives like comic relief and things like that it is one of those mm. weird I have a weird thing about it because I I'm, I think cognitive dissonance is the thing where you have two completely conflicting ideas going at odds at each other at once and there's that part of me which is like the same as you like you shouldn't do good things for bad reasons you shouldn't give money to someone because you can film it and get more followers yeah but is the net bad? Is your action net bad or net good? And this kind of goes into that yeah. to a degree of that conversation I had with um, Jack Thomas in my episode about Good and Evil a little while ago, where it's that weird thing of like, if you do something which, if you give some money to this, if you give a hundred quid to a homeless gentleman and it saves him from uh, a night that was going to be his last night, and then he manages mm. to get his life on the track and go off on his way and make a perfect life for himself. 
that's cool. And if you do that and you record yourself doing it on TikTok or whatever and get an extra 10 followers, the that act uh, alone won't, un- won't undo all the good that this guy has had from you giving him the £100. Mm. But at the same time, we shouldn't be in a society, and I think it's the long-term, short-term thing once again, which I think was a lot of the time why the left and the right argue so much in many aspects as well, is because half the population want everything now and half the population are willing to invest and it's that weird yeah. thing where no one's willing to do half and half. So it's yeah. just this mess yeah. of money being wasted everywhere. And I, I think it's that thing where we need people to do nice things because it's the right thing to do and mm. not because you're going to win points either socially yeah. or and, – and this is, you know, I'm not going to get into a giant God discussion because I love talking about religion. But it's that idea <laughs> of like, are you really a good person if you are mm. religious because – you are doing the good thing, not just religious blanket, but a lot of, most of the Abrahamic religions have an idea of heaven, hell, purgatory, generally a reward system of if you're good, you get rewarded. So by that logic, nothing you ever do is a good thing because you're only ever being a nice person to get rewarded in the infinite life, which compare a hundred maybe years to infinity. In theory, you should be able to walk through glass for a hundred years because the amount yeah. of bliss you'll get from the infinity yeah. of heaven... It's incomprehensible, isn't it? Exactly. And it's one of those ideas where, realistically, most religious people have some degree of doubt in their mind, because if they didn't, they would literally be saints. Now, I've met yeah. religious people who are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life, and they are good people in their heart of hearts. And I'm not trying to take away their morality. I'm not saying mm. they're not good people. But it is one of those interesting thought experiments where it's just like... How many good actions for the wrong reasons is going to cause actual damage long term? And in some ways, you can kind of think of vice versa is what you were speaking about earlier, Mm. which is like, if you do something that's bad, but you think it's for the good reason, how far are you going to keep doing bad things? And I think it's the same with the good thing. It's like, yeah, if you only do good things to make sure people can see you doing these good things, are you going to then be in a position where you can help someone, but you don't? because you don't get a reward from it. And then that's yeah. where the danger lies, I think. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, because it's like one of the things, I don't want to ban people giving money to homeless and recording them doing it, but equally, I don't, yeah. want, people, I don't want people to be doing it. You know what I mean? It's, it's such I think a weird... Yeah, and there's, 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 I think there's almost, there's a feeling quite a lot of the time that so many videos and things you see online, though, that they're not, they're, half of them aren't genuine. And did that person take, is this the fourth person they've gone to? that wasn't appreciative or like, you know, that, you know, didn't change, you know, that, that actually really was, thank- or like, did the, they go to a few homeless people and they gave them some money and they said, oh, thanks for the money. Oh, can I take you for a haircut? Fuck off. What do you want to take me to a haircut? Like, get away from me. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, well, we lost hundred quid on that one, but let's get another one for the video. And you think, well, okay, again, they've still given someone hundred quid for the money, oh, you know, hundred quid to a homeless person. That is still a good thing they're not doing it for the right reasons but i don't know maybe they're not maybe maybe they're all completely genuine and they're all coming from a good place um and you know i'm just a judgmental old cynic but (laughs) i'm definitely but (laughs) but sadly i just i just don't think i i don't think that's the answer i think unfortunately there's a bit bit of duplicity going on maybe I think that with this whole conversation, we'll start to wrap it up now and things because we've been chatting for almost two hours and it's yeah, flown by. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, I think that the, the kind of the theme of this conversation almost is just is broad strokes and nuanced details and the weirdness of being a person of just like 
if you magnify something enough, which is what me and, uh, you know, Jack did in the conversation I had with him, mm. which is just like, you magnify it to a degree where it, you get to the state where it's almost like your brain can't handle it because yeah. we just, we have, we haven't got the bandwidth. I haven't, I haven't got a brain the size of a planet to be able yeah. to do the mental calculations to actually work out how I feel about you know, moral morality is pretty ambiguous anyway. It's all about perception anyway. So it's just like uh, this whole conversation is kind of like broadly you could look at something, but if you actually zoom in on it, it can actually sometimes be the opposite to what it looks like from afar. Yeah, I know. I think a really nice thing you, you sort of the way you have touched on it there, though, Mike, is that something I said earlier is that you know when I went to uh, drama school and we learned about how to how to be an actor and, and what it was to be an actor, it wasn't it wasn't let's teach you how to act and these are the skills this is the tools do this stand here say it like this it was you know you already know how to do that it's how to learn about who you are as a person and how you you know what what it takes to you know become you and to find those parts to question those bits of your life that maybe you didn't question and actually in a way the whole conversation has really been not about where do you stand on a stage to get you know the most uh, attention or you know or how do you do this or where do you do that and what's it really it but actually it was more about if anything has been more akin to the the training of of learning and accepting and or at least trying to ask yourself who are you or who am i uh, i am a human human is enough am i enough yes you are <laughs> just ask the right questions that's it exactly every, yeah. every so is- in a way this has been this has been exactly like my training there you go. That's what I aimed for. That's that's actually yeah. this is all part of the plan. I've actually your entire life has been mapped out by Tonya Todd. She's organised all of these people, and I'm just one of those stepping stones to get you on the path of determinism. That she's cackling over a crystal ball now, like, yeah. like the witch that she is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this has been such a fun chat, dude. And the good thing is, as I said before, when we sort of started. I'd have four footnotes, and we wouldn't even tackle half of them. And I'm right, <laughs> um, which is great. Which means that you have an excuse to come on the show again. And what we'll do is we'll start on stage production. We'll we'll skip over the 10% we spoke about. We'll probably do another 10, 15%. And then we'll have some big theoretical discussion on metaphysical ideas such as, you know, love and, you know, good and evil, all that sort of tomfoolery. There are, I've got just in the back of one of my many podcasting notebooks, I've just got about 12 bullet points of just one question. Which I did the one with when I did that one with Jack. I was just like, I just want to talk to someone about the concept of good and evil. And then we did such a massive deep dive. We probably could yeah. have spoken for another two hours because you can you can magnify so much. It, it almost blurs everything else. Um, but it was delightful fun. You would 100% have to come on again. So definitely, the, the floor is yours. If you want to give out any, um, we'll talk on email and you can send me links and et cetera. I'll include in the description. But are there pe- how people can find your social media, any websites, anything to look out for and final statements and whatnot? Um. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, well, yeah, I, I am on a, off on a Shakespearean theatre tour this summer, uh, which we will we'll talk about, I'm sure, next time uh, a bit more in, in, in detail, which is at Henry V. I am Henry V uh, in this production, which is very exciting. And the, we are touring all over the UK um, into Norway and Belgium and Holland as well. So we do go into Europe. Uh, but yeah, pretty much if you're anywhere in the UK, we'll most likely be coming to a place near you except for Yorkshire bizarrely um, <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> screw you Yorkshire seems to be, I know, the biggest 
biggest area, <laughs> biggest <laughs> county. Um, but yeah, we're not so well, you know, four counties put into one here, almost like you know, north, south, east, west, or central, whatever. Yeah, so unfortunately, we're not coming to Yorkshire, but we're coming close. Um, so yeah, that's the festival players, uh, they're called. You can also, yeah, you can find me on YouTube if you look for um, Golden Age Theatre Company. There's a few monologues I've done on there, which involve uh, <clears throat> one involving time travel, which is uh, quite interesting, exciting, and one also involving, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, about a man who falls in love with a person who he can't work out their gender and spends most of the monologue trying to figure out their gender or then actually realising it maybe isn't as important as he first thought. I am on Instagram as well. Uh, T A Everett is, uh, which I'm sure will be wonderfully spelled out by uh, by Mike in the footnotes. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, catch me on all of there. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I don't really have any any uh, too many uh, things to say. Just human is enough. We are human, and uh, yeah, you are enough. That's all I have to say. Wonderful. Human is enough. That's going to be the name of one part of the episode there we go <laughs> have a little footnote use that as a snippet or something i don't know um but yeah absolutely wonderful we'll, we'll uh, stop it there so yeah i'll include the links in the description it's been absolute blast meeting you and chatting with you uh, for two plus hours and we'll definitely do it again fantastic thank you very much mike been an absolute pleasure genuinely and that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, any Patreon supporters get access to the full unsplit episodes that I do. So whenever you normal listeners get access to part one and then part two later, you any supporters on Patreon, regardless of the tier that you support with, you get access to the feed, which has the full unsplit episodes on there, as well as two episodes of Afterthoughts each week, as well as uh, other stuff as well. So if that sounds like something that interests you, go over to patreon.com slash genuinechitschat and you can listen to our episodes of Season 1 of The Witcher and Star Wars The Phantom Menace completely for free. So make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already. So what have we got coming up then? So I've got a two-parter recorded with the powerful Matthew B. Lloyd of the Classic Comics Show on Comics in Motion. That's when my Star Wars podcast airs. And we speak about classic comics. So from the golden age, uh, like the 40s and 50s and 60s, we talk about that. And then we also talk about Star Wars and some of the really funny things of Star Wars back in the uh, sort of late 70s. There's newspaper strips that have got Boba Fett skiing with Luke Skywalker, which is just hilarious. And lots of other funny things like that as well. So that's going to be part one next week week uh the patrons will probably get part one and part two in one go as one full unsplit episode as i pretty much always do for these things so make sure you become a patron before that drops and then you'll get early access to part two of that as well um after that i've got another podcast recorded that i did with tom everett once again um because there were some subjects that we didn't actually tackle in this two-parter that we wanted to tackle so before he goes on tour to go on his i think it's henry the fifth that he's going with for several months he's playing the lead of henry the fifth um we actually talk about it quite a lot in the podcast that we do that probably isn't going to be released for a little while um, on the basis that I've got a conversation to be recorded on Monday which is tomorrow with Goff of Beer Nuts Productions he's a wonderful returning guest one of my favourite people to talk to it's only going to be a shorter chat of about an hour along with him but he's recently launched a podcast he's got a new comedy film out there's lots of other things that he's been involved with so we're going to talk about those things I've got a conversation with a gentleman who is heavily involved with certain elements of Star Wars Return of the Jedi which I'm incredibly excited about so I'm very very thrilled to be speaking with him uh, I've got another conversation due for recording later 
in that month as well with someone else that I can't go into details about that either at the moment and then there's a few other bits and pieces in the pipeline like I've got a conversation at the start of June with someone who's been podcasting for like 14 years and there's loads of other things sort of in the pipeline so make sure you check those out too uh, regarding me and guest spots um, if you're listening to this then the episode I've done on the Bad Batch has been released so my Star Wars podcast I released an episode about Kane and Jarrus also Caleb Joom and also what we did on the Comics in Motion we did weekly episodes of Mandalorian Falcon and the Winter Soldier WandaVision and whatnot and what we're doing with the Bad Batch is slightly different myself Megan and Dave have just recorded an episode about the Bad Batch it's just over an hour long and we speak about episode one and episode two some of the connections to the Clone Wars to other things and some of the contradictions within there as well to other content too so if you are interested by those things obviously there are going to be spoilers about the Bad Batch make sure you go over to Comics in Motion and it should be released likely late on the 9th of May so make sure you check that if you haven't listened to that already and if you fancy, you can check out my Star Wars show, which releases new episodes on Saturdays on the feed of Comics in Motion. Also, if you go to the YouTube page of Genuine Chit Chat, I upload the episodes on there as well. And it is basically just me talking about canon comics. So me talking about the narratives, the connections. You don't have to read a single comic to enjoy the show. You could have read every comic and still you'd find things to find interesting because I go through the narrative, give vague plot details, read out a little bit of dialogue here and there, but talk about the connections, you know, when there's certain species that pop up or certain things that happen in comics when it happens in the films all these other things it's just a good way to kind of tie in comics without you having to spend loads of money buying loads of star wars comics and things because it can be very pricey and very time consuming and some of the comics aren't phenomenal so i read them all for you so if you're interested by that go check out star wars comics and canon either on genuine chit chats youtube or on the feed of comics in motion in addition to those things the last thing i'll mention is i was recently on frank burton's newest podcast called i like the sound i've included a link to that in the description i'm on there with a few other people in the podcasting realm they're all great people so if you want to listen to that make sure you go check that out i've included a link in the description and i will be having frank burton on the podcast likely later in may so you'll probably see that podcast in june sort of time so yeah lots of things in the background lots of things i can't talk about at the moment uh, but also i wanted to mention regarding patreon is if you I've now reduced the amount you have to pay to be a patron. So the lowest tier is now £1 a month. So if you're willing to throw me 25p a week for an extra, around about an hour's worth of free of additional content, then, you know, as well as early access and all sorts of other things, £1 a month is all it takes, which in American dollars, I think, is less than $1.50. So if you think it deserves it and you just want access to the feed, you can do that. For the next tier up, which I think is £2, uh, you then get access to the feed, which has got uh, previews of the Star Wars comics that I do photos of stuff like my Funko Pops I do each Friday uh, as well as there's going to be more behind the scenes stuff there's also on the feed there's future guest lists so I've just got a list of all the guests that have been confirmed that are going to come on the show some of the guests I'm trying to get and all of the guests I've got recorded episodes with and booked in as well as guest spots and lots of other things it's a really good place to go if you want to know everything that's happening with me Uh, and then there are other tiers as well for more higher up things as well like having a promo play in the show and all these sorts of other things but yeah check out patreon.com slash genuine chit chat because there is free stuff on there so make sure you check that out so from that guys that's really it from me make sure you go and tell tom everett how much you loved our conversation you can find him on instagram at ta everett i'll include a link to it in the description or rather his instagram tag is in the description as well as the websites of the theater companies and things that he's been involved with and yeah really guys that is enough from me thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate each and every one of you especially listening all the way to the end it means the world to me and a massive shout out to Tonya Todd who has become a recent Patreon supporter Um, she's an amazing person we even spoke about her in part one of this very conversation and she's a supporter of the 
show and it means the absolute world to me. So thank you to Tonya, thank you to my other wonderful patrons, and thank you to you, listener, for listening to my entire show, especially up to the end. Anyway, guys, thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>